Beis Hashem, the next Mishnah we have over here is Mishnah Yud. Mishnah Yud teaches us a very, very gewaldig Yisoyed. Listen carefully, beautiful idea coming up. The Mishnah says like this, Shiva minei peronios boyin la'olam. There are seven types of punishment that come down to the world. And al shiva gufei avera. For seven different types of averas. Okay? Let's see what they are. And maybe we won't necessarily go through the specific punishments and the averas that they come for. But rather, often clearly more of a generalization of which is an important thing. It's a little bit of a morbid subject, but it is a subject that we need to discuss. So number one, Mikson, Mikson Reivim, or Mikson Seveim. That is like this, I'm sorry, I skipped. Mikson Ma'asrin, or Mikson Eina Ma'asrin. One second. Again, Mikson Ma'asrin, or Mikson Eina Ma'asrin. Ra'ov Shabbat Bar, in that case. Okay? That means like this. That means like this. When some people take Misa, now there is a halacha that when a person has a certain amount of produce, especially in Eretz you have to take Misa. Just like nowadays we have money, and we take Misa off of the money. Right? We take Misa off the money that we make. So too, when we own a field, and we have a certain amount of produce, we have to take off Misa. So the Mishnah said there are some people that do take off Misa and some people that just don't take off Misa. What happens in that case? Says the Mishnah, Rav shall bar, a certain famine, which is caused by a drought, comes into the world, so that that some people are hungry and some people are satisfied. So one second, one second. So there's a direct punishment that comes into the world that almost is in correlation to the Avera that's done, that when a person takes off mice, some people do and some people don't, there a certain hunger comes down to the world, a certain famine, which is caused by the drought, which basically results in some, pe- some people being satisfied and some people being starving. That's number one. Number two. Number two. Gomu shaloi la'aser. What happens if everybody decides, Rabbi Sai? We're making a team effort. Nobody's taking off Maitza. Nobody's doing it. Rav shel muhuma Which means that the famine that is the result of war. Now when war comes to the world, there's a certain like uncalmness, certain tumult. That everyone's going backwards and forwards. No one knows what's going to be. There's an uncertainty. There's a certain you know, trepidation. People are worried. People are nervous. The war brings within it a lot of things. One of the things it brings within it is there's no time for importing, exporting, buying and selling in markets and stores and everything else. Mimela, a certain hunger comes down to the world and the drought that comes over there. And that comes from what? People deciding and resolving not to give myself. That's a very number two. Number three, number three is Vishalo Rov Bo. If everybody gets up and decides that they're not taking off challah. Now there's a halacha that when you make a certain amount of challah, you take flour and water and you make it into challah, and if you have a certain amount, which we're not going to go into now, you have to be mafish challah. It's a beautiful mitzvah called afashas challah. And, um, what's that? You take a part of the challah, exactly. You make a bracha. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's a chashavah thing. 
and uh, tremendous chusim. So people decide, that's it, we're not doing that anymore. So what happens then? A famine that is all-consuming enters the world. Okay? That is what's going on over here. Okay? These are the three categories that we're saying in this case. Now, I don't want to speak specifically about what is the correlation between the punishment and the and the evaluation that was done. But I do want to mention one thing which I think is important in this Mishnah, which I don't think we mentioned until now. And that is that if anyone says at the end of davening, the Yud Gimel Ikrim. Now, we've, I, last year in Shea, we actually gave, we actually gave uh, a series on the Yud Gimel Ikrim, the Ani Mamims that the Rambam brings down, that there are 13 principles of faith that are very important. And one of them is that we believe in punishment. That if we do something wrong, we're going to get punished. And that is a natural consequence of the world. In fact, the Zoya brings down that which we say in Chazal, that istakal uh, ba'olam, is that the Rabbani Shalom looked at the Torah and created the world. That means the world is a direct consequence of the Torah. Now the Torah says, don't do certain things and you'll get punished. You see that very often in this world. You see there's a cause and effect. I'll give you an example in a small way. If you have a child, a young child, that is holding Tati's hand, and the child breaks away from Tati's hand and runs into the road. What does the father do? The father grabs the child from the road, schleps him back onto the sidewalk, onto the pavement, and gives him a little patch or gives him a little, you know, whatever it is, right? It's not called abuse. What is it called? It's, if it's done in the right way, obviously, in the right temper. But if it's done correctly, that is called getting a punishment, so to speak, for something that you did wrong, which is for what purpose? Why is the father punishing his child? Small little patch, nothing crazy, right? Not in his face, but why is he doing that? Because he's trying to teach the child a lesson so not to do that again, because that's a dangerous thing. Because if a child is not taught from a young age not to walk on the street, when the child is not walking with Tati, he's going to be free. And who knows what type of damage that may cause that child, and that will be terrible. So the father has to be able to mechanic his child to do that, but why is he doing it? If you look at a simple idea like that, a punishment comes along. If you see that father giving a patch to the child, are you going to say, what a mean father? Again, if he's angry and he starts, boom, 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 Shemirachim, go call the cops. We're talking about a situation where he gives him a little, no, yankala, can't go on the street. The father's not angry, he's calm, he's doing it so that the child learns. Let's understand for a moment. Why do people get punished in this world? Why is there punishment? Is God a mean God? Is God someone, I, I got a text message, uh, I think it was last night from someone. God absolutely hates me. He hates me and that's why he does all the things to me that he got, that this particular person is going through because God hates him. Now let's take a step back for a moment and look at the greater picture. Because often when we do that we can recognize so much more. Why does the Rabbani Shalana punish people in this world? And people get punished. There's no question in the world, people get punished. Right? The famous question that everybody asks is why do good people have a bad life? And why do bad people have a good life? It's the question that none other than who asked? Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu asked Hashem, I don't understand. You see good people, Morabrochah's Daph Hay brings it, Sashon brings it, Chavis Alavavis brings it, it's all over the place, this question, right? Why is it you look around and you see good people that seem to suffer? 
that these are such good people and are having such a hard life. They're suffering with health problems. They're suffering with parosa problems. They're suffering with their children. They're suffering with shalom bias. They're suffering with so many things. Why are they good people? And yet, you find people that are the worst people going, having the greatest life in the world. These people are having it. They're living it up. Everything's gavaldi. That doesn't make any sense. Moshe Rabbeinu asked Hashem this question. Hashem answered in a very simple way. And Hashem said, I'm sorry to tell you. What did Hashem say? You'll see my back, but you'll never see my front. Right? That's the literal the idea of the tefillin. You saw the back of Hashem's head, whatever that means. Kaviyachol, just on a physical understanding. But what really means is like this. You will never see the front, you'll only see the back. And else you'll only see the end result. You don't understand why. When Rabbi Kiva, we all know Rabbi Kiva was, was killed in a horrific manner. They took a metal comb with sharp edges and they peeled off his skin. Little bit by little bit, they peeled off his skin with a metal comb. Now the Malochim, the Malochim, complained to Hashem. And they said, Zutoya, Zutoya. Rabbi Kiva, the Heiliger Rabbi Kiva. We were just singing like, Boy, Ma, Omer Rabbi Kiva, Omer Rabbi Kiva. Mayurik, Rabbi Kiva. That's what, that's what happened to him. Peel his skin off with an iron comb. Do you know what that is? And you know what Hashem said to Malochim? I'm going to say it in English in an explanation that we'll understand. Hashem said to Malochim, Stop. Because I'm going to have to destroy the world and recreate it. What does that mean? That means like this. Okay, I'll give you a marshal that the the Shmuel the Chassidish Shmuel bring down, Siva Shalom and others, Kedusha Slevi. Imagine if you are a tailor and you sew a suit, right? And you make a suit, and you put in it a piece of shutness. You put in a little one thread of shutness. Makes holding us and you can't wear it. You wear it, your spinners won't be answered for forty days. Tremendous things happen when a person wears shutness. Anyway, so you put a piece of shutness in it, and your friend says, well, how do you make the suit? He's like, I made it, but I definitely put a thread of shutness in it. Right? He says, he's like, I don't believe you. Show it to me. I can't show it to you. It's like, it's woven in that, like it doesn't work. I'll give you all the money to show it to me. The only way to show it to him is by taking the entire beggar apart, stitch by stitch, and then you will find the thread. So Hashem said to, to the Malachim, you don't understand how this world is created. You don't understand how everything runs the way it runs. How good people sometimes have to suffer and bad people sometimes have a good life. The only way for me to show you that you'll understand is to rip the world apart, destroy it and start again. Otherwise you'll never understand. That means that when we look around at the world and sometimes at ourselves and our own lives and our own experiences and we think, why? Why did God do this? For what purpose did I need to go through this terrible situation? The answer is... We don't understand. Now, by the way, the Chodesh Hanavavos says a small answer, and says to others as well, just on a, on, a, on, a, on a surface level, right? It scratches the surface. Why is it that bad people have a good life and good people have a bad life? It's very simple. Because a good person may do Averis. He may do a few things that are wrong. So he needs to suffer for those Averis. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in this world, in this physical limited world, puts him through a few hardships so that he will cleanse himself from the small areas that he does. So when he gets to the next world, he's going to be totally clean. And the opposite is true to the Rishoyim. When it comes to the Rishoyim, the Rishoyim would give them a good life. Because this world is only a short time. You're only here for 120 years. What are you here for already? Think about it. What are you here for? Think it. It's what it is. I remember thinking to myself when I was a Bochan Yeshiva, I thought to myself, I had this thought in my head. You know, you're here on this wall for 120 years. It sounds like a lot, but we all know it's not a lot, right? It's not that long. 
When you leave this world, it's for eternity. Everything you do in this world can change what your eternity will look like. What do you want it to look like? It's 120 years. You know what? So it's hard to go to davening. So it's hard to do, to do the mitzvahs. So it's hard not to do our davis. I get that. But how long is it going to last for? 120 years? That's it. Halavai 120. You, every one of you here should be zoicha to live 120 full healthy years. Be'ezah Hashem. But the Messiah says not that way. And unfortunately many people die way before 120. So what is it? 70, 80, 90 years? Halavai. That's it. That's all the struggle is for. And then you get eternity forever. Uh, and you're living off the reward that you had. So so the Rishayim may have done some good things in this world and they deserve reward. Instead of getting it in this world... I'm sorry, instead of getting it in the next world, they get a little bit of the reward or whatever they did for good in this world. So the next world, they can they can burn fully. It could be a hundred minutes of a hundred burning session. It doesn't have to be any good whatsoever. So what the Mishnah over here is teaching us is that we have to live with this. The Rabbani Shalom punishes, yes, He's the greatest, most compassionate, giving, patient, and go on and on and on and on about the Midas of Hashem. We can't even describe it. It's not true, right? It's not impossible. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to get punished for the bad that we do. And we have to recognize that. And sometimes, only sometimes, on a small level, we get fed a lot of the fluff of, don't worry, everything's fine, you're going to be good, Hashem loves you, whatever. And it's all true. Hashem loves you and He's patient with you and He wants you back and He's waiting for you. And we said that before over here in Pukyovis and we said it other times also. It's all true. But don't let that allow you to do something wrong because it's okay, Hashem's not going to punish me. I'm going to be good. There's a natural cause of the world. We see it on a physical level in the case of a father and a son as we just mentioned. But we also saw it on every other level as well. We see people that are getting punished. We don't understand it. And sometimes we want to understand why but we don't understand why. And maybe we never will also. But there is a cause and effect. And that's what this mission is telling us. Seven types of punishment come to the world. The seven types of Yisurim that we mentioned over here as well. Everything has a purpose. Everything has a cause. Everything has an effect. And when the Rebunshan punishes a person, it's, it's specifically tailor-made for him, for what he did, in order. And that's the big thing over here. Why does Hashem punish? Not because he wants to punish. He loves us. He cares for us. He loves us more than we can ever imagine. That a parent who waited 20 years to have a child loves their only child. And they love that child tremendously after waiting 20 years for that child. Hashem loves us more than that. But still, he doesn't want that child to walk across the street and get killed by a car. And therefore he punishes. The Rebunish will punish us to cleanse us, to help us, to challenge us, and to allow us to grow. And that's an amazing thing. Somebody told me this morning that he went through a certain experience and he felt that that experience was the best thing that ever happened to him because it caused him to grow. Now, again, everyone has their challenges. We all have our challenges. And those challenges sometimes can be in the form of a punishment. But we never question Hashem. We never question Hashem. We understand Hashem does everything for the good. And it may be hard. And maybe we don't understand. But ultimately we realize that it is for our good and it's because we have, may have done something. As the Quran Brothers tells us, if you're getting, if you're getting punishments, and you don't see any reason why you got the punishment, it's because of Bittal Torah. And if it's not, then it's Yisrael Mishan Alpha. So Hashem just loves you. And sometimes that is just a challenge, a way to get you to get closer and connected. But most of the times, I, I'm speaking to myself, I about you guys, it's probably because we did something wrong. That's the level we're on. So we should look into ourselves. They were good doing that they got punished, and they were able to look into their life and see what they did wrong and why they got punished. They're like, ah, I have now why I had this because I got something wrong. How can we out of love? Because you want, because you want that person to grow more. 
Right. Very good. Very good question. How can it be out of love? Beautiful question. The answer is, the answer is something we said a few Mishnahis ago about a coach where the guy training how to be the best basketball player and he loves that basketball player because he sees how good he's going to become when he eventually gets to the finals. So he pushes him and pushes him, pushes him and the guy comes to the coach and says, coach, that's not fair. You're pushing me more than anybody else. And the coach says, yes, not, not because you did anything wrong. You did nothing wrong. But he gets, he says, the coach, what did I do wrong? So he did nothing wrong. But simply because I know you're going to get further. And therefore I love you. I'm doing it out of love. Not because I hate you. Not because I want to get you. Because I love you and I want the best for you. Now, HaKadosh Baruch is the only one that could do that. Because he understands everything and everyone because he created us. Right? But that's what I'm saying. If we feel that we're getting it with no purpose whatsoever, which there always is a purpose, it's because Hashem loves us. It's always because Hashem loves us. Rabbi said, just think about that's the lesson of this Mishnah. Tomorrow we'll continue with the next Mishnah.